You're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Boggy Talk is recorded on Boggy Bayou in Niceville, Florida, and is hosted by Justin Wyatt and James Ross, pastors at Church on Bayshore. We typically want every matter of faith and life to have crystal clear answers, but it isn't always that easy. This podcast digs in to help Christians think with a kingdom mentality about topics that sometimes get muddy and bog us down. So let's dive in. Hey, and welcome to Boggy Talk. We are thankful that you have joined us today for the third week in our series of the month of October, Pastor Appreciation Month. And today I'm sitting here with two amazing pastors. It's amazing. Wow. I usually say faithful to James, but... Uh, you don't know if Chris is faithful or not. <laughs> I don't know, so I just take the adjective. We'll start with amazing. Yeah, so... Hopefully in a half hour. That's we'll right. <laughs> so today I'm sitting here with James Ross, who's the lead pastor here at Church on Bayshore, and Mr. Chris Shinnick, who is the pastor of Mana Church here Reverend, in Iceland. Reverend, Reverend Chris very, Mr. Come on, this is Mr. Reverend month. Doctor, very right, Reverend... The bishop. There you go, the we'll bishop. go with that. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Sure, that well, hey, we're so thankful you've agreed. You have no idea what you're in store for. So, uh, <laughs> well, Justin, I've missed you. We haven't been on here for the last it's few weeks been together. It's a while and, uh, you know, what was it's it? Just, you, you knew both of you needed yeah, that we were like, to, to uh, one of us has gotta, to be here to rein you in. So this could get out of hand. We have so. we have some secret signals we're going to use when uh, we we've heard again. rumors of like some charismatic background Ooh, in your absolutely. past, and so we got to like look out. I'm here to interpret. <laughs> it's going to take at least two <laughs> two of you to manage uh, what's coming. Here. <laughs> but October is. No, don't uh, you guys have like oh. armor bearers in the in the oh. charismatic? A couple armor bearers. <laughs> got, yeah, my driver's out circling. Oh, the block sweet! Right He's now. just making sure. <laughs> no one knows what we're talking about at all. Stop listening. It's a way to go. Well, October is Pastor Appreciation Month, and we wanted to invite some uh, pastors here in our local community, churches that we love, pastors that we love, uh, just to share. <laughs> and Chris. And Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Mix it up. Who we know. <laughs> uh, but really, you know, one of the things we say every Sunday here is we're not trying to just grow a church, but we're we want to build the kingdom and Amen. we uh, do that in partnership with other churches. Right. And our, we had the same goal and that's to see people know Jesus, follow him and to make disciples. Good. And so Chris is joining us from Mana Church. We're thankful you're here today. And I want you just to really briefly introduce yourself, man. man absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you guys so much. This really is a, a pleasure to be here. I've, I've watched a few of the, the boggy talks in the past. It, when I saw it first come out, I was just you know, pastors, we do this. We get a little jealous when when another pastor comes up with a good idea. Like, oh, that's such a great <laughs> name for a podcast. Um, just, of course, for what, you know, this is. And I didn't even know what boggy life was or what boggy meant until about living here for a year. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, to catch up on the Mana Church story, uh, we have been here. Our church actually just turned five in last wow. month in September. Yeah. And, Saw uh, your celebration pictures, yeah, man. It looks great. You, I mean, you know, we did a pep rally. <laughs> Figured that'd be different. We had a it's DJ. Good. I yeah. don't know if you're allowed to do that, but uh, we kind of pushed the envelope on some of that stuff. But it's been a heck of a ride, um, you know, planting a church, as you know. I met, you're one of the first pastors I met here. You were up in Crestview at Mosaic and had been up. You'd been with that church almost 10 years at that point. Yeah, probably about when nine. When you start yeah. when you were 18. <laughs> so I knew he'd made a bunch of mistakes. Let me learn That's but, true. But, um, you know, focused on this town, the Mana Church is actually uh, a, a church that headquarters is Fayetteville, North Carolina. If you're familiar with Fayetteville, then you're familiar with Fort Bragg. It's kind of the 
uh, Eglin equivalent for, of the Army. Mm -hmm. It's just a major hub uh, for Army and really special forces units, which that's what actually got us looking down this way, was when 7th Group, uh, at one point, 7th Group, which is special forces, uh, they were on Fort Bragg. They they got up here. They're right in between Crestview and Niceville now in that little compound just across from Duke Airfield. I'm sure you've seen that as you uh, drive on the 85, that kind of 77th Special Forces. Did you call it the 85? It's You're my, from the West Coast, aren't I you? Yeah, the, yeah, okay. uh, the one on one. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah. shop at the Walmart? My fault. So I've, I've lived a lot of different places. I'm just giving you the last 10 years here. So Fayetteville, North Carolina followed really um, a number of families. So when we came to Niceville to plant, it's one of the things I told you and the other ch pastors we met with here. We're not coming because you're doing a bad job, churches. We're coming because we have families mm -hmm. still in our Rolodex that are constantly mm -hmm. moving down here. And so that's the Mana Church strategy. Uh, put a Mana location or expression of Mana Church um, near every military base, starting in the United States and eventually around the world. And right now there's 22 expressions of Mana Church. Oh, that's awesome. Eight mm -hmm. are what we'd consider standalone churches. And then another 11 to 13-ish are what we call microsites, four or five families. Um, Which two make up the ish part of that? You know, there's a fluctuation. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's I'm the kidding. funny thing. The yeah, microsites are kind of yeah, fun. Uh, I'm like sure. They start and they stop. And, you know, they're, they're, we've, having, we've had them downrange, like mm -hmm. in Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah, like, right. Like mana yeah. guys huddled around the computer watching right. it behind and so just kind of keeping church that's great going um oh, we have like 150 microsites then since uh covid because <laughs> a lot of people i still haven't seen that <laughs> technology well that concept is you know at the end of the day that's what church is right it's people um yeah. and huddled around and, yeah, that's and cool. figuring out life together so again mana's here, we've been at Niceville High School for five years, or I, I should say four, because we were out for 47 weeks <laughs> wow. with yeah. COVID. And so that's, I mean, we'll talk about that probably eventually. But I mean, this, of course, this last stretch of ministry, um, the the consistency of the uncertainty, there's just never been anything like it. Uh, mm. I've had right. some, we've had some traumatic events throughout our lives and my wife and I and and but uh, I've never seen, this is like death by paper cuts. Mm -hmm. Like what is happening right now? <laughs> but at the same time, God has been in it and faithful and really having friends like you guys and many other churches here in, in Okaloosa County is, is yeah. it's not the only thing that keeps me going, but man, it's cool to have friends that we can, we can make these kind of jokes and look at each other and see each other around town and, and just know, you know, we're all, we're all ideally doing this for the right reasons, um, clinging on to Jesus and, and no one is going to be worth it. Do not grow weary in doing good. That's yes. right. So, That's yeah. right. Keep on well, moving. hey, tell us about your family, man. Absolutely. So my wife and I got married coming up on our 18th anniversary. We met in Hawaii. Um, she's not Hawaiian. Uh, that's usually what people think. But she's um, that would be like calling someone from America, Native American or Indian. But so she there are Hawaiian people in Hawaii, but she's uh, Chinese or Japanese, Chinese, Filipino. Um, we refer to that as Jappuccino. Um, <laughs> wow. You can, I, you, you can, can do that. that. We can cannot. That. Well, that right. makes my children, uh, vanilla Jappuccino. <laughs> so I can get away with all that. But anyways, we've got, uh, three kids. Uh, Sebastian goes to STEM, uh, smarter than me at, at math and all that fun stuff. He's in seventh grade. Um, we've got a homeschool, our daughter's homeschool, which she wasn't. And then we hit COVID and sound out this might work better. Um, and she's 10 years old. Her name's so Sebastian Evangeline. And then we've got Emmett, 
who is uh, seven years old and he's going to Plu. So we got three kind of three yeah. different ways of schooling mm-hmm. um, and that keeps us plenty busy. One of the main reasons we love living here, we were called to come here to plant the church. But my goodness, um, you know, if I get fired tomorrow, I think we're staying. Like this is this is a great place, <laughs> yeah, uh, to raise a family. As yeah, you it's guys great. Know. Mm-hmm. So, it's very nice. It is yeah. very nice and it's nice. Very nice. Yes, very nice. Well, tell us a little bit more about your specific uh, call to ministry. You talked about Mana and its story. How did God uh, work in your life and in your wife's life and, and call you into ministry? Voca- vocational ministry, because yes. we're all called as ministers, as we no said doubt. before. No doubt. So, yeah, my story's um, probably a little different than a typical pastor route. So my upbringing was um, all about football. To be quite honest, well, actually, GI Joe's at first, and then it shifted. <laughs> yeah, to real American yeah. hero. No doubt, no doubt, knowing's half the battle. So, right. um, but my dad played professional football. You can Google him, Don Shinnick, uh, Still holds a record for most interceptions by a linebacker, by the way, career. 37. Wow, that's cool. So, anyways, yeah. Um, so I, but anyways, he <laughs> he good. had retired by the time I was born. Uh, I was born into his coaching days, and literally remember. Um, just always being around football. Then my yeah. four older brothers were all involved in sports. Three of them actually went on to play uh, at college. So that's just all I knew. So f- my route was going to be football. And then by God's grace, I just saw my dad leverage that platform um, under his faith. He got saved in the first movement of Campus Crusade at UCLA, literally discipled by Bill Bright. My wife worked for Von Bright. Um, kind of the birth of evangelicalism, really. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like we got to do something with our faith. And with that comes a lot of my just DNA of very simple Bible, handbook for life, Jesus, personal relationship with him, and now let's go change the world. Like, those are kind of the three components that I remember in faith. We bounced around a bunch of different churches, denominations. I didn't even know what they meant, honestly, until going to seminary. It's like, oh, that's why they talk that way or say that. Um, so I always thought I'd play football and then do what my dad did, coach and just be a guy who engaged with the church, supported the pastor and shared my faith and mm-hmm. maybe FCA, maybe athletes in action. Met my wife in college actually through athletes in action, which is kind of the sports arm of Campus Crusade or crew. Um, and then we got involved in her church. And then I finished playing college football at UCLA. She was a cheerleader. I was a football player. I think I always knew I wouldn't be able to play forever, but everyone... Yeah, you hope. Yeah, you hope you can. And my dad had, and my brothers had gotten some tryouts here and there. And so I was like, let's see how far this goes. And then eventually, you know, people stop calling you and you're like, all right, football's done. Immediately thought I'll coach and actually started coaching and only enjoyed the, the, people side of it mm, didn't wasn't yeah. really passionate about the x's nose and, and mm-hmm. really the grind of like mm-hmm. my brother's the down at university of west florida he's a head coach you got to love the whole package right, right. it's like, it's like, life you, you got yeah. you got it's like a calling you better yeah, you better right. love it and yeah. i realized quickly i don't think i like this enough but i love <laughs> but i love motivating people right. and so my wife's pastor mentor who now i was attending their church he said why don't you start hanging out with our youth ministry and it was really cool. I mean, just back to, again, your question of this, when did you know or how did you get called? It, it was an immediate like passion transfer from, you know, hitting people as hard as I could or then and then training people to do just that and be good football players to how about just 
doing life well. And I also think at that season, I was coming to grips with just taking my own walk seriously mm. and, you know, reading my Bible, not just to check it off, but really mm-hmm. to find Jesus and get to know Jesus. And so you got this combination of me really growing and maturing as a Christian. And then this, this concept of what, like vocationally, you can do this. Like I can coach people to pursue Jesus. Mm-hmm. What's that called? Oh, that's called a pastor. Like mm-hmm. I knew it was out there, but yeah. so that really, mm-hmm. I think that that was about in 22, 23, 24 years old. And I started volunteering unto uh, getting a part-time job with the youth pastor at that church. This is a little church in Hawaii. Um, I was like one of four white people in the whole church. So I was actually great in a cultural sense yeah. and just learning to to figure that out. Obviously, I was I had an in because I played football in Hawaii and you know, my, my girlfriend at the time, um, was part of that church and I just fell in love with it, fell in love with, with, with doing ministry and, uh, getting mentored by people. And again, just sports, you need good coaches, you need good mentoring, you need good teammates, you need the camaraderie, you need the focus, you need the discipline, picked that up, put it right down in a church environment and actually worked really well. So that's kind of been my life about to age 22 football, from 22 till now, mid 40s, ministry, mm-hmm. similar mindset, but, mm. um, uh, and here we are today. So, seven years as a as a youth pastor in Hawaii, um, got tired of uh, teaching heresy, so said I need to go to seminary. You know, youth <laughs> pastors, that's kind of we just wing it, right? Yeah. Little, little pizza, little Jesus, we got a shot. I hope Alec is not listening that's to right. us Alec, right now. Actually, I met Alec, and I, I told him what you said. One of the best first sermons you've heard. Yeah. Um, so Alec, you probably already went to Bible college. Good for you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but that's the other thing. I'd never taken school. Like school to me was to play football right. all the way through college. Yeah. So now I'm actually hungry to learn more. So I go to uh, Denver Seminary. Mm-hmm. I had a little, and I was a different type of student because I wasn't, a lot of those guys were just the smartest in their Bible college. And then they went to seminary. Mm-hmm. I was not the smartest in college, and I, I, but I had had seven years of ministry experience, and I just wanted to learn. Yeah. So it was it was different. You've you've done some Bible mm-hmm. college stuff, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's not necessarily for those who you know are tactically really engaged with with ministry. Some of them just want to go keep teaching, or mm-hmm. and so I was kind of the oddball out. But I found enough friends and enough professors who really just wanted to help mm-hmm. help. America keep good pastors uh, mm-hmm. out there. And so that resonated with me. Uh, went from Denver Seminary to Fayetteville, North Carolina. Worked on multiple spots on that staff. And uh, at about 40 years old, said, let's plant a church. Smarter than 19 or what were you, 24, 25? 25, yes. <laughs> agreed. 100% agreed, by the way. <laughs> Missed out on having the energy <laughs> of being in my 20s, but thankfully had some wisdom. I mean, I've still made a ton of mistakes, but... Um, probably a lot less than I would have made. Tell us about all those. No, yeah, all just those kidding, I'm just kidding. Yeah, let me, let me list. <laughs> tell, tell us their names. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you probably know a few. So. Uh, yeah, when you were talking about seminary, I remember like I had a gap between college and seminary, and uh, I was overseas and came back and started seminary. And it was really obvious like who started seminary like fresh out of college because they just knew it and who actually had some more experience. Because I remember sitting in seminary, you're like, what church is ever going to hire that person? No, <laughs> you know, you, oh, for sure. <laughs> there's people trying to keep they're win, they're trying to win the classroom. Yeah, it's like, and it's just not the point. Yeah, you, teach me how to think, and not just all this. Yeah, yeah, teach me how to think, and te- the people. I mean, you. I mean, 
ministry is great. It's people that are hard. (laughs) If if you've ever been to like a conference and there's like a keynote speaker, right? They're qualified or or sorry, breakout speaker, they're qualified. And there's like 30, 40 of you in the room and any cute questions. And it's like, that's opportunity. This person's being paid. Probably people come to hear them. And then you have those people who like, Hey, I'm going to offer like my opinion and like, well, you're not the breakout speaker. That's every seminary class. Yes, it is. <laughs> like that was not a question. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> dude, yeah. you're you're 22 and a student, and this guy's 60 and has a PhD. Like, well, and, and now I'm I'm gonna I'm, I'm a married man with a kid on the way. Like, hey, I paid grand <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> for this class. Yes, uh, I didn't pay to listen to you. Uh, I mean, this guy to tell me what he's learned yeah. over 50 years, not not what you learned yes. last week. So. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Well, so so Niceville. So you're here in Niceville. Um, You know, different. And and I was going to say one thing uh, I I just value about you is uh, besides the fact that you let me make jokes and you just smirk at me. I I love that. That's the true test of friendship with somebody. Let's keep going. Yeah. But um, (laughs) is just I feel like there's some things that you do in Niceville that I'm like, Oh, those things need to be done. And for whatever reason, like our church just isn't doing those things. And yet God has you doing them. And so I'm like, Hey, God's good. Like the kingdom's big and he has somebody doing that. But, uh, so there's some differences to our churches, but at the same time, you're in the same context. Um, you know, kind of, kind of tell me what you think, uh, are some of the challenges ministering in our context. Here in Niceville? In Niceville, Boggy Bayou, Florida. I mean, I think uh, as ironic as it sounds, it's, it's almost in the name, um, and what I mean by that, like, there's, there's just some pretty nice people around here, mm-hmm. um, and and so, of course, there's brokenness, and of course, there's um, poverty in certain aspects. You can find it. You don't have to go too far from where we're sitting right now to find mm-hmm. it, um, but for the most part, I think most people are just kind of playing nice, so mm. sometimes it's harder to, uh, for them... I think we've trained and prayed and know how to see brokenness in pretty much everyone, mm-hmm. starting with ourselves. Mm-hmm. But it's hard for people to see their own depravity at times because it's just nice. Yeah, it's covered up. And when you cover up your own depravity coming to church, it's like, well, then what are we here for? And, I, you know, are we really here to repent and lift up the name of Jesus or are we here to socially network or whatever mm-hmm. it is? Socially network's not bad. That's great. You can do that at church. But... I think, unfortunately, kind of the the veneer of Niceville sometimes um, it, it makes it a little difficult to do the true the true kind of ministry that we're called to. Let the gospel truly transform your life from the inside out, and stop kind of trying to you know behavior modification from the outside in. So again, kind of the religious. Um, this is a town where a lot of people grew up going to mm-hmm. church, and because it's so nice, maybe haven't. Uh, come face to face with their own depravity because mm. you can mm. be a bit insulated from mm-hmm. it at times um, or distracted. I mean, again, we're 40 yeah. feet from one of the most beautiful sets of water on in the whole panhandle. Right. And, um, you know, if that's all you're thinking about is you're sitting in church and and yet you're 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 dropping the word like I know you can. You know, it's like, yeah, I don't need to deal with that right mm. now. Mm. So, again, Holy Spirit has to convict people either way. Um, I don't know if there's places on planet Earth where. He has a hard time doing that. I can't see him struggling with anything. But that's just from my vantage point. I think um, for some reason, uh, we that, that's a consistent challenge yeah, to help yeah. people 
I mean, what do you do? You're just going to, and you can't yell at them. Well, you can. But <laughs> you can. It doesn't but it's work. Probably not going to work. It's not going to work. I mean, right? So, so it's again, my it's, patience is wearing thin. That doesn't work. <laughs> I think it's the, it, sorry. Again, that was a political it, comment. The con, <laughs> the kindness always leads to repentance, mm-hmm. and so it's just. Um, could, I think that is working on strategies to help awaken people to their greatest need, which is Jesus, um, and sometimes in nice places. That's a challenge. Yeah, for sure. So. Well, in that context, though, you've been able to lead, you know, a group of people who um, really, I mean, it's a lot easier for them to go to a lot of other churches. I mean, ours included. I mean, it's yeah. just, but yet you have a group of people who really bought in. So how do, how do you think, what have you guys done that has really allowed um you to engage people. I mean, they're getting there early in the morning. They're doing children's ministry. Setting up to portable gym. church. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. So if you didn't figure that out, Niceville High School, obviously we don't just show up, turn on the lights, and start, <laughs> um, and then throw the kids in the gym. Right. Uh, the kids are in the gym. The kids are in the calf, but somebody was there two hours before turning yeah. that into classrooms with sanitized toys and all, you know, <laughs> and honestly, some bells and whistles. Like it looks nice. It's, 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 it's not what it looks as I used to drop my kid off at B school. I mean, it's right. not that. Um, so, you know, it's, you can take it for what it is. Of course, some days I wake up and just envy all you guys that have great buildings. And I'll be honest, some days I'm like, we've got it made because there's no one showing up <laughs> just for the, the, the frills of Mana Church. Right. There are right. no frills. Mm-hmm. Even, I mean, the amount of Febreze we have to use just to get it to a <laughs> level tone of smell. Busky. Yeah. yeah. Like, so yeah. I, I, I will say candidly, there is it. I would say, I dare I even say, there is an advantage to knowing that whoever you're going to preach to wants to be there. Mm, now, mm. I, I assume people want to be here. No, too. there's people yeah. that don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, majority do. Yeah, yeah. That's a podcast day. Yeah, yeah. You won't say that. In the they sermon, stopped coming back. After they've been here COVID. sixty years. I'm, <laughs> I'm not their pastor. Like this is their building. That's their seat. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't struggle with that. <laughs> right. They, yeah. they walk in. They, they know they're showing up at a high school. They know there's fresh gum under the seat <laughs> from an eighth grader, ninth grader from the day before. I mean, they know their kids are going to be in a smelly gym. They know last week the air condition was down. So it's just, and so the kind of the missional heart in me is like, all right, I got right. The, I got some yeah. forward-leaning people mm-hmm. or I got some guests of people who went out of their way to mm, convince someone to show up at a mm-hmm. high school yeah. because of not this, not the building itself, because of what the Spirit of God is doing amongst the people. Mm-hmm. I would say that's an advantage, although I, I do, again, envy at times the simplicity of, you know, setting something up and leaving it. Yeah. <laughs> And especially our tech guys. I mean, I, I don't know if if we have 52 Sundays a year, there's probably some kind of tech issue, 45. Yes. Yeah. Because, you you know, the more you plug and plug something out, it breaks. And Is that what happens here, too? Are they plugging and <laughs> unplugging? Yeah, it can also happen when things stay plugged in. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, and then you throw a pandemic on top of that. I mean, a portable church just got much less popular during a pandemic. How's that been, man? How's that? Yeah. Man. So again, I, I, I briefly mentioned it. We shut down in March like everyone else. I remember talking to you and, and Jeremy Smith and like, what are you guys going to do? And, you know, eventually you guys aimed at, I think, June 1st. Yeah. So you March, you're off April, May. We're all off for Easter mm-hmm. um, minus Destiny Worship Center somehow. But anyways, <laughs> they're amazing, I guess. Um, and 
and and then everyone's back in June at some level. We almost pulled the trigger. Rocky Bayou Christian School was going to let us start meeting in their gym. Oh, okay, yeah. We kind of did a straw poll, and it was just like, oh, I don't think we can. That would have been double the effort because we'd never done it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just did a few sporadic outdoor things. And then it's like June, July, August. The school did not officially reopen to let, you know, outside entities come in and lease until late November. And at that point, you're heading to the holidays anyways. And I've got a, I don't, I know how many views we had, but I don't really know who's in our church mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. So it was officially 35 weeks without gathering on a Sunday. Uh, then Cornerstone Church, uh, formerly First Baptist Valp, they let us start using their space in the afternoons which got about a hundred-ish people out. Yeah. And we, so we did that for November, December, um, and took some Sundays off, you know, after Thanksgiving, the ones where, you know, most people are taking us. them off anyway. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it was officially, we didn't get back in high school till January 31st of this year. Wow. And that was yeah. 47 weeks off. Wow. Um, of a Sunday morning gathering. Yeah. yeah. So it showed us a bunch of stuff. By God's grace, it showed us that really the strength of our church is in our small groups, right. which we knew but didn't know. We'd never been through a season where we had to know, right? Mm-hmm. And we really did. Um, we we lost people like everyone did, mm-hmm. um, and and yeah, I think we're all still wondering because <laughs> we lost people, and and some I know, you know, went to different churches. Then there's this percentage that oh, no yeah. one knows where they are. No, yeah. And I mean, they're at the ball fields and restaurants, but where we don't know where they're out on Sunday morning. Yeah, unless I mean, it's I've, travel I've ball. kept up. I know who PCS, and I know who moved <laughs> away, and but there's literally that mm-hmm. that percentage. So again, yeah. anyone who was thankfully because of what we were talking about earlier, if you were involved in setting up and you were you were watching kids in a smelly cafeteria, like those people stuck because mm, they were awesome. already yeah. invested. invested. They were, and then we figured out a bunch of stuff online and how to do this. And um, but forty-seven weeks still a long time. And being back has has been. We have some staff adjustments through that time because literally we had to take a staff that was used to, you know, moving the tabernacle every week <laughs> to mm-hmm. now setting up in a studio. Like staff functions just weren't even the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, the prolongedness of that. We did some things right. We did some things wrong. Um, and, you know, here we are, as I said, kind of navigating through um, like you guys. I think yeah. I think there's a vulnerability, dare I say, an insecurity to the prolonged um, uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Mm-hmm. I, agree. I, I would, I would mm-hmm. even call it a, an insecurity. I, I, we're secure in Christ, but we're used to being a bit more secure in our mm-hmm. plans. Mm-hmm. Right. I, oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> we're Americans. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're not only, but, you know, we were, you, you, you two are great leaders. Like you see it and you can map it out to get there. And this has just been, I think, a, you know, it's of God. I've mm-hmm. learned. I mean, mm-hmm. I, if you're not content now, you're not going to ever yeah. be right. figure out how to be content. Or you're finding your contentment in the wrong thing. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So, again, that's that's the benefit of being mid-40s. And some decent mentors and friends around me, because mm-hmm. um, I've seen some pastors even in the last year right. bow out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. When, when you're hooked on attendance, this isn't a good time yeah. to be a pastor. Yeah, if you're looking for that to that for validation, for validation you're just no. gonna yeah come up empty yeah. every time. So, so we are. It is now 2021. We're still in the middle of a pandemic, and I'm curious how what you would say. You know, you probably had some, some great things. There were great things happening, and then you had to shut down, and now you're. For lack of better words, you're up and running again. Mm-hmm. If someone were to say, Chris, what is God doing in Mana Church? 
what is he doing right now? You know, I think there's different times in the lives in the life of a church and different seasons where he's doing a specific thing. Could you so like could you articulate what you said? It's like God is stirring in your church right now and what he's doing. Yeah. Um it's, sometimes it's hard to differentiate between what he's doing in me and what yeah, he's doing in the church. Mm-hmm. And I I think as a What's flowing through you as the I think as a five-year yeah. church, they're almost one in the same. Yeah, that's correct. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. our church, good, bad, or ugly, is going to be a representation of really what God's doing in my family. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and so, but they, I, I think it's similar. I think if the main thing's not the main thing now, then you've got to reevaluate, reevaluate everything. And if if you're, um, I was journaling the other day, just, just if it's got to be about, Faithfulness at this point, faithful to what's in front of you. Um, if you're still trying to be famous, uh, then good good luck. And I do think people are striving to even capitalize on the pandemic and mm-hmm. leverage this for that. And man, just wake up and be faithful. The long-term planning is, is just going to be out the window. And if that was your strength, then God's just telling you to, uh, you know, let, let be weak, <laughs> be weak and let me be strong for you. I thought you were trying to be famous, and step one was coming on Boggy Talk. <laughs> this is really the launch pad <laughs> to a succession of events that, I mean, from from here, and that was why they did the Destiny plug. If I could get the radio station, <laughs> the radio station next. If I mean, you come on Boggy Talk, you are guaranteed to gain at least two Instagram followers and only Fantastic. lose and only lose three. And I don't even have an Instagram. <laughs> oh, oh okay. So I'm going to set one up. I'm going to set up a Finstagram for you and I'll just manage it Finstagram? for you. Fake Instagram. Yeah. It's called a Finstagram? A fake Instagram. Yeah. It it's, dude, you have a teenager. You should know about these things. They don't. My well, I know. Yeah. yeah you yeah, think? My dozens don't. of followers <laughs> will be thrilled. By yes. This. Um, so yeah. again, I think main thing, the main thing, um, clinging to Jesus, everything the Bible says about the, these types of crunch times. Mm-hmm. And that's where I the, I think I've done ministry enough to, uh, this almost sounds morbid, but you start to get excited in seasons like this. No, count it pure joy, man. Because mm-hmm. what else would, you, I mean, if God's really good, which yeah. again, my wife and I have been through um, you know, way worse than a pandemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we've been through tragedies, literally personal tragedies that, Okay, I mean, either God's real or He's not. Mm-hmm. We're pretty convinced He is. So again, if I'm if my identity's wrapped up in church attendance, mm-hmm. well, that was wrong anyways. That would have been a dead end anyways. Mm-hmm. So can I connect with Jesus still? Yes. Is His word still true? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I grow? I was a, a Winston Churchill statement. I just heard and resonated with me. Um, you know, who's that? Who's Winston Churchill? Winston Churchill. Who's that? I think he's. <laughs> I think he was just at life.church. Okay. Uh, so just spoke. <laughs> but you know, success is going from failure to failure without losing your enthusiasm. Oh, that's good. And, and yeah, that's you know, good. You know, we frame that in the context of our faith. It's like, yeah, that's something Paul mm-hmm. would almost mm-hmm. write. Like, yeah, you're right. Can you just take these lessons and learn from them? take these trials. Mm. We always mm. pray, God, get me out of the pit when he's like, why don't you find me in the pit? Mm-hmm. Right? And, mm. and so I just think, when else are you going to learn this? Um, let's, and, and so that's what I'm telling my church. Let's just learn this together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause usually it's, Hey, my wife and I are going through this. Let me tell you what we're learning. Yeah. Well, now we're all going through it. Right. So what better time for the body to come together and really the you know, nice, feel strong events like that for the community yeah. to come together and just say, mm-hmm. yeah, 
But the church, because we've read the end of the book, this is the church's time right. <laughs> to You're right. shine. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think we thought we were already shining. Yeah. And God said, yeah, let me. Got a little more purifying to do. Yeah, so yeah. Are, we, are we the loudest when we're the, mm-hmm. the blessed? I don't even want to get into the political side, but, you know, when we're the most blessed nation? Or can we be the loudest when we're in a tough spot and just still, still declaring God's faithful? Mm-hmm. I think that volume actually gets heard more yeah. clearer than right. look at me. I'm cr- I'm crushing life. Mm-hmm. What about when life's crushing me? Yeah. Um, and God's still faithful. I think those testimonies, uh, they're not as sexy, um, but man, they are powerful. And mm-hmm. we got to help lead people through that. One of our members, uh, John Stokes, to give him credit, told me, you know, hey, one of the jobs of a pastor is to is to teach his church a theology of suffering, you know, to no prepare doubt. his church for suffering. And I right. think that, you know, as leaders, we say, hey, God, we want to be used by you t- as an example. And and then God allows, you know, I don't want to say causes, but God allows yeah. us to go through these times of suffering where people see us and they see probably louder than a sermon we're preaching how we're depending on the Lord right. in the midst of those. And and speaking of that, I want to say is one of the things that, so I had a lot of respect for you already, but one of the things that just gave me a tremendous amount of respect for you uh, was just how I saw you looking to the Lord uh, whenever you and Becky, you know, mm-hmm. lost your child. And uh, I had the privilege of coming and, and pr- being with your church a few weeks, you know, a few months yeah, after that. Awesome. But I remember specifically listening to the sermon you preached right after your first sermon back and just it was powerful to hear how you didn't understand, but you knew who God was. Talk, talk to us a little bit about just yeah. that time. So, yeah, our fourth, our fourth child, Lysander, was, uh, he'd be three years old. He lived um, 10, 10 and a half days, um, 11, depending on how you want to map it out. But he, so he was born with uh, two, two pretty extreme complications. Uh, and we found this out at whenever you can do those ultrasounds. Now it's a, in May and he was born in July. Um, CDH, um, which is congenital diaphragmatic hernia. So basically born without a, uh, a diaphragm. Mm-hmm. So now stuff's going to be in the wrong place. That um, it does not mean game over. Mm-hmm. You can have a quick surgery after a lot of, di- I was just actually talking to somebody in this, one of the faith leaders in the community and, granddaughter's about to be born and they're going to get to the right hospital and should be able mm-hmm. to make that work. He also had a syndrome though, CDLS, which is Cornelia DeLang syndrome, which just, you know, that's not game over either, but the combination of the two put him in a, mm-hmm. okay, he, he can make, he can be born and then we've got a long road. Mm-hmm. So we, we drove to Houston, actually one of the best hospitals mm-hmm. on the children's hospital on the planet. Best doctor, specialized. And at times, they'll even do it. They'll even do the surgery while they're in the womb. Like I didn't even know that was possible. <laughs> that crazy. Yeah, they can so save amazing. babies' lives mm-hmm. ahead of time, and yeah. so we weren't quite qualified for that. But we wanted to be around, and, and this was all obviously prayerful. I think at time I was even starting to talk to other people about what was going on, and and you know my church is just stuck with somebody who I don't really know how to not share these types of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are some pastors, and mm-hmm. I don't think it's it's right or wrong. I do some of the pastors who keep all that really private. Mm-hmm. Sorry, man. That's just not who we are. So from the onset, um, hey, this is what's going on with my wife's pregnancy. This is what's going on with Lysander Emmanuel was his name. We'd already named him. I, 
I've never heard anyone else with that name, and we knew he was going to be a unique child. Certainly didn't know this would be the outcome. Uh, Lysander means one who, uh, a liberator, or one who is set free, or one who sets others free. And Emmanuel, of course, means God with us. And little did I know that this little guy would set his mom and dad to a more free relationship with God through the suffering, mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. And it's, you never mm-hmm. sign up for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to have to learn about it that way. Right. But it is what God did. So he was born on Jan- uh, July 27th. Miracle surgery right after being born. Actually, controversial surgery. I could... I'm thankful my wife didn't hear this, but the doctors are arguing with the surgeon about not doing it. And he looked at him and said, I know this man. I know these parents. He's a man of faith. He knows that this is all going to work out, and he's given me permission to do this surgery. So he's actually, as far as we know in the record books, the smallest baby to ever have this surgery done. Mm-hmm. But they hooked him up to a machine called an ECMO, mm-hmm. which is another acronym I forget at this point. But it basically does the breathing for you, not through your lungs, but by giving you oxygenated blood. Mm-hmm. So um, fascinating, you know, and, and mm-hmm. what it does is it buys time to then do the proper surgery on the lungs. And he, he just, you know, the only way I know how to describe it is his body was just not ready for planet earth. To mm-hmm. be and that's just mm-hmm. really what it was. So 11 days on ECMO and eventually had to say goodbye to him. And this is, you know, a year and a half, two years into planning a church, mm-hmm, right. which isn't the easiest thing to do mm-hmm. anyways. Right. Um, and so then you bring that back to your church, who you've begged and encouraged to pray for a mm-hmm. miracle. So now what do you do with that theologically? Mm-hmm. Hey, you didn't pray hard enough? No, I mean, you know. So again, anytime you find yourself, um, you know, characterizing God by... Uh, because of what's happening on this broken planet, that that theology's off. That's mm-hmm. good, right? Yeah, so, that's good. So, and again, I wouldn't even. So, it, you know, our son passing has nothing to do with the goodness of God, right? And it actually doesn't have anything to do with our lack of faith either. Right. That's another right. theological trap yeah. you can fall mm-hmm. into. Right. Mm-hmm. He's still good, and we. And again, if anybody's wrestled with this, it's me. So this is speaking with authority. We were faithful in what we were supposed to do in bringing that forth. And and so, yeah, you teach your church, there's massive letdowns, Mm -hmm. potentially game-changing letdowns. And yet it has nothing to do with, it does nothing to diminish the goodness of God or even the faithfulness of God. Mm -hmm. It would if this was the only part of life. But this is like... You know, in the grand scheme of things, 75,000 years from now, I'm not even sure I'm going to remember this. That's good, man. That's good. Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. They don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, we're going to be so caught up and, and moving forward. I've been, gr- I mean, so, you know, it, this is 30 seconds in the, you know, this is, this is a centimeter in the country mile of eternity. Mm-hmm. And here we are wrapping. Now we should take it seriously, and, but we should be focused on doing the things we're not going to get to do when Jesus That's comes right. back. That's right. And that has to do with um, taking this flesh and making it look more like Jesus so that we can reach people uh, who may never get to know him. Yeah. And, and wow. you know, so my son helped advance God's kingdom on planet Earth by being, he he heard well done and good good and faithful, and he didn't even take a breath with his own right. lungs. So if that's not motivating yeah. to me to the get grace up of every God, day yeah. and mm-hmm. do something, and again, so did we grieve? Am I still grieving? Yeah. I mean, is this still, is those, are those anniversaries still difficult for my wife and I? Absolutely. Um, are, am I, are we still seeing counseling for some of that? Yes. I mean, this, 
are we still talking our kids through those nuances of mm-hmm. of where's Lysander and are there still some pictures on the wall? I mean, all of the above. Yeah. And yet, um, you know, again, another I think advantage to being kind of in my forties and how I've already have already suffered. I mean, what's unique? You talked about the sermon. I wrote the meat of that sermon based on Psalm forty-two, uh, which if you're going through a heartache, just dig into Psalm 42. Uh, the essence of it is, God, where are you? Mm-hmm. And he literally goes to the, you're my rock. And so, the, you know, you're my rock and I'm standing on the rock, the surest thing I've ever known. And I'm still asking, where are you? Mm-hmm. Only the Psalms give you permission right. yeah. to right. feel like that. that. Yeah, language yeah. like that. Um, and so I had written that in seminary. So I spent, you know, that's one of those sermons I spent 80 hours working on, mm-hmm. not knowing what I needed it for. Mm-hmm. And then I originally applied it to my father's passing mm-hmm. when I was 27 years old mm-hmm. uh, again. And God met me there. And it's kind of like, you know, I, I equate it almost to like David, like you can't take on Goliath. Well, I've taken on the bear and I've taken on the lion. So God met me there. Why won't he meet me here? Mm-hmm. Well, God has always met me in any in any trial and any. Mm-hmm. He's always been faithful. He's given me no reason to not mm-hmm. trust him. Mm-hmm. And this was by far, it wasn't easy. Yeah. But we assumed he'd meet us there and he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean he, you know, raised my son from the dead. Well, he did raise me. You know, he's yeah, my right. son. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, no, he didn't. Yeah. I didn't get the mm-hmm. you know, you didn't get the prayer request answer the way you wanted. Um, right. but that that again, I'd learned enough to know that doesn't diminish who God is. So yeah. mm-hmm. man, well, I'll tell you what, I hope people stayed on to this episode yeah. to listen to that because it certainly asking. was worth I it. Love, um, um we love sharing. And even, you know, you asked earlier how many kids. and It's hard to answer that. I, yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll answer four. And people, uh, you know, and even in my, sometimes I'll send a bio out. You know, you'll go speak at another church mm-hmm. and it'll say your kids with the names ages. And sometimes I'll just put Lysander with Jesus. But then I'm like, I don't want to stir stuff up. So, again, at the end of the day, our kids are arrows. My right. wife and I talk mm-hmm. like, you know what, we've got, we still got three in the quiver, but we got one in the target. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, that's all you can hope for. That's right. Um, and he was the easiest yeah. child to disciple on planet Earth. <laughs> matter of fact, you know, I, I was joking around about my oldest. Um, he's already beyond me in math. But I've never, I mean, these are just the unique things you think about. I never thought I'd have a child who right now could teach me a billion times more about Jesus uh, than I even know right now. Right. And yet I do. Mm. I mean, I can't. I'm not saying I talked to my my Lysander, but that's the reality. I've got a son who's already figured out what this whole thing's about. Mm-hmm. Um, that's and good. that's just a another unique thought on uh, mm-hmm. the grand scheme of things. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love what you said. You know, you were talking about writing that paper in seminary, and it's like at that point in your life, it's kind of like this is you're you're learning it. And so it's this theoretical mm-hmm. theology you're learning, and then in, through tragedy, you know, it's it's this it has the opportunity to move from just theology that you know to doxology of life to like, I know this and now I can choose to say like, this is, I knew this in my head and now I know this in my heart. And, and it's, it just solidifies like God's, God's grace to us to, you know, help us take what we know and, and apply it, you know, in, in situations that are hard. And um, yeah, there's no better teacher than, than suffering and, like you said, we don't wish it. Don't don't we don't pray, Lord? Let me suffer, but but also we should. Like Jesus says, you know, we will we will encounter 
hardship, you know, to take heart, he's overcome the world, but like to know that even in that, that's our confidence that he is making us like him. Can and, can yeah. we put a link to that sermon in the comments on this on YouTube? Or? I'm hoping that there. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking <laughs> there might be issues at my church. Like that. What was the name of it? If somebody possible. wants to Google it, yeah, hope in the dark. Hope in the it's dark. Be archived. Probably on. You know, we moved some things around on our website, but uh, we'll, I'll get we'll you the link. There's yeah. A, yeah, there's at the at minimum a podcast. We were yeah. recording videos back then. Yeah, but yeah, there's an audio podcast. So world. if you see it in the show links, we found it. Yeah, found it. <laughs> well, I just want to say we. I could talk to you for hours. Yeah. Anytime you and I get together, we like try to get together for 30 minutes and it's like two hours later, we're, we got to go, we got stuff to do. But I just want to say, I'm yes. so thankful for you as a friend, thankful for you as a partner in ministry, love and respect to you and just pray that God continues to guide you and use you and Becky in incredible ways. Amen. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And again, we meet, I mean, if you ever, I've heard you, you guys pray for churches on Sunday mornings yeah. and um, I don't waste time to do those. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, I do pray for, uh, you know, Bayshore a lot. I pray for every church here. And mm -hmm. it just, you know, this town is one road. I'm right. always praying for, for, for Troy and what God's doing through rural and change. I mean, and churches I don't even know have name, but just speaking life. If they're they're preaching the word and lift up the name of Jesus, um, you know, may they be blessed. And it's right. gonna take all of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's right. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks for listening today. Before we uh before we wrap it up though, we just want to I uh, invite everybody who's listening and watching to, to pray for you. Oh, and man. so we're just going to pray if that's thank all right. You. Need it. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much uh, for your um, presence with us, Lord, your mercies that are new every morning, your faithful you sustain us. And I thank you so much for Chris, for his family, Lord, and for your faithfulness to them. And we just pray your continued blessing and favor mm -hmm. on them as they seek you, as they seek to help uh, other people know you and love you, Jesus. Thank we you. pray. Uh, for Manna Church, God, that you will continue to use them as, as expression of, of your body, Lord, here in this community to reach people um, with the hope that we have in you. And uh, we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. And Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.